Okay, hello there. This is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris with your weekly, practically weekly, Tech Law 10. This is number 199. It is true. And I'm very happy to say, like every single time, I'm joined by my colleague at Corduroy, Cordery, excuse me, <laughs> I did that once in a while, Cordery, uh, Jonathan Armstrong. And Jonathan, I know you're doing your very best not to catch a virus and not get sick in the computer age. What are you thinking about? Yeah, I'm thinking actually uh, in episode 199, the same as I was thinking, I think, in episode 4 all those years ago when we were, as we say here, nabbed boys. Um, mm. uh, and I'm thinking particularly on data security. So it's been headline news here over the weekend and right into Monday when we're talking, the uh, wanna decryptor or wanna cry virus. It's affected some 200,000 machines in 150 countries. And I can remember being or chairing part of a conference in Prague last year when the Interpol lead on ransomware talked about the scale of the problems he was seeing. And he predicted an attack like this on the health services in Europe. And this is something that's clearly been felt very heavily in the UK. Now, it would be easy to say that this is all down to the incompetence of politicians and Jeremy Hunt, for example, the health secretary in the UK is taking a lot of stick for that. And whilst we can't you know, diminish government's role in this, it seems that the uh, health service in the UK particularly is a very uh, dispersed organisation. Now, how big is the problem? It seems that some 47 hospital trusts, so that might be because some trusts own multiple hospitals, maybe 60 or 70 hospitals have closed down some or all of their operations because of this virus. 16 of them are still experiencing delays now on Monday from an attack that started on Friday. And there have been some fairly horrific stories of people who've been waiting months and months for operations, who've been turned away at hospital doors because of this virus attack. And it seems that it's a very simple virus in some respects. I'm sure you will have seen, I certainly did, into my email account on Friday, odd-looking zip files, uh, potential uh, appointments, people who I'd not heard from sending me attachments that I was invited to click on in a hurry. And it seems that some, if not all of those, were the payload for this virus. If you clicked on it, it then downloaded ransomware, which has the effect of, of locking the system up. And you're invited to pay bitcoins to release it. Now, this is a huge uh, attack, obviously one that can be prevented in some respects by training, and in some respects by technology. And it seems to me that the response nearly always has to be both. We've a webinar on our um, YouTube channel which, which might help understand the training piece. I think that you've got to teach employees, obviously don't click on links like this, as well as making sure that we patch to make sure that 
we can prevent these emails coming onto the system if possible, or prevent the harm being downloaded into our systems if, uh, if people do click despite the good training. And unfortunately, my experience with the UK Health Service isn't good on both of those points. I think some of the technology they use is out of date. They often don't patch properly, and training leaves a lot to be desired. And, uh, and obviously, we have many clients in the health sector who try to deal with the NHS on a daily basis, and that can be frustrating. And we also know that a very similar but smaller attack took place in the northeast of England some months ago. So it wasn't as if the NHS uh, wasn't on, on warning here. So it's a very, very unfortunate incident. Obviously, uh, law enforcement needs to uh, uh, be on the scene here, and we, and we won't know exactly what's happened for many months to come. It's important to note that it's not just the health service that have experienced these attacks. We're told that, for example, a well-known parcel carrier has had a similar attack, a well-known car company, another attack as well. But without minimizing those incidents, I think it's certainly headline news here for the last three or four days because of the effect it's had on individuals and particularly those individuals when they're sick at their most vulnerable time. So I guess my final words on this until you come back, Eric, are, well, first of all, obviously we've got to remain cyber vigilant. We've got to take these things seriously. If the health service in the UK was a private sector organisation, there would be a run on its shares now and the call for the resignation of the leader of that organization. So private sector companies have to take this seriously, even though the main victim here is in the public sector. And I'm interested to know, I mean, obviously your health sector in the, in the U.S. is somewhat more diversified and, and in the private sector to, to a large degree. Has that had the same effect in the U.S.? Have you heard of this virus? Are people struggling with it in the same way? Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Um, yes, we've heard of it. I mean, of course, our headline news over the last week or so has been the firing of our FBI director by our president. So that's dominated uh, the news. In fact, our news cycle tends to be, you know, all things Trump all the time. Um, but mm. nevertheless, there have been some, um, you know, postings and notifications of this problem. This particular virus uh, has not had the same effect here, to my knowledge. Uh, in fact, one of my questions to you is, do you believe uh, this particular virus, uh, will, the one, the main one you talked about, is will continue to spread? Uh, you're, you're right. Our healthcare system here is highly privatized, and so it really is up to the various, you know, healthcare institutions to implement uh, best practices as far as uh, cybersecurity measures, and it varies. And of course, you know, our firm, you know, counsels uh, institutions and uh, other firms do as well, and some are better, uh, in better shape to withstand these types of viruses, and some are not. And, uh, you know, once the damage is done, as you say, it's a real problem. And, uh, and there can be, as you say, a run on the shares. So let me throw it back to you just for one more comment or two, uh, and then I'm going to give a little preview of what we're going to have in episode 200. Um, first question I have is the one I had a moment ago. 
do you see this particular virus uh, continuing to spread? And then secondly, obviously this won't constitute legal advice, it's just informational, but if you have two or three points, you would recommend that uh, people take or institutions take uh, into account to prevent uh, harm or uh, uh, infiltration from this particular virus. Yeah, no, the very good points, Eric. I mean, I think that um, the, the Comey tie-in, I think, isn't uh, is actually interesting. I went to see a former director Comey speak at an event in Chicago, and he was very much at the forefront, I think, of trying to get government to respond to cyber attacks. As I recall, he said something like, "There were two types of." company, those who've been hacked and those who don't know they have been hacked. Um, I think that he was trying to get businesses to take that seriously even a, a couple of years ago. And I think we will see attacks like this again. They're very profitable for an organization. You know, if you can do it on an industrial scale, you can buy the components on the dark web to assemble these attacks, and you only have to mutate the virus, as I understand it, you know, relatively, uh, it's relatively easy to mutate the virus to attack other people again. And and the how do we stop these attacks? Well, as I've said, I think it has to be a mixture of all sorts of things. It has to be technology at the entrance to our gateway. We have to get away from thinking that our a corporate network is is a castle. We have to protect it as if it is. So we have to protect the gateways. We also have to educate the people within the walls, if you like, the employees that we have, that the perimeter isn't exactly uh, secure and is never going to be secure. And if they see something suspicious, they have to treat it as suspicious. And then, as I said, we've also got, got to look at technology for when people do do dumb things and unfortunately are going to. <laughs> how can we report, recover, repair quickly? Obviously, GDPR makes this all the more difficult in terms of the response because we have to respond much more quickly and the penalties are greater. And again, that's something we've discussed in some, maybe not all, of the previous 199 podcasts. Yeah. But Eric, I'm going to throw it back to you because I'm anxious to hear more about what is planned for episode 200. <laughs> well, we actually have colluded on this particular, and we actually have discussed this uh, by email. Normally, when we do these podcasts, they're very fresh, they're very spontaneous. We get online on the phone, and we uh, just pick a topic and go for it. But for 200, we'll be a little bit more premeditated, and I will be on holiday, as Jonathan says, the next couple of weeks. It'll probably happen uh, in early June. But what we're thinking of is this. Uh, each of us, Jonathan and I, will each pick uh, three topics from podcasts uh, between podcast 100 and 199 to serve up to you. So you'll get uh, a reminiscence of uh, six of our prior podcasts that we found were uh, important and are still echoing into the present and into the future. And we intend to have a special guest join us who will help um, diversify and illuminate the conversation. How's that for a, a teaser? That sounds good to me. Okay. Well, all that remains to say is, I'm beginning to sound like a Jonathan Armstrong from Hartley Pool. All that remains to say is, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us uh, for this episode 199 of Tech Law 10. We certainly enjoy bringing these to you, and we hope uh, you're learning and enjoying 
uh, from them. I'm Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. You can find me at ejsinrod at DwayneMorris.com. That's my email. Uh, you can find us on the usual social media outlets. Mr. Hartleypool, would you like to conclude? Thanks very much. I'll just remark in, in passing the sorrow at Hartlepool United's relegation now that you mentioned Hartlepool. And I'm Jonathan.Armstrong at CordyCompliance.com on Twitter at ArmstrongJP. And we'll look forward to uh, catching up with you again in a couple of weeks with episode 200. Thanks for listening. Thank you. 